I, I know, I really believe the Lord was pleased with, with the meeting. I really do. If you'd like to watch it, all the services are on the church Facebook page, all of them. And we're going to get them uploaded to the sermon audio page, and that would just be the sermons. So, just so they'll be there. <clears throat> You're uh, down to 20%. I'm just telling you. <clears throat> Turn your Bibles to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I want to speak this morning on the subject of a thorough examination. A thorough examination. I trust that the Lord would help us and that His Word would not return to Him void. And if you're hearing without Christ, may He become precious unto you before the close of the service as your Savior. Verse 1 says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. I'll stop reading at the close of verse 6. I want to read here, or, or uh, look at these first six verses, and we see here the psalmist, and it's David, but he looks at how that the Lord gives quite an examination of him. And I want to look at this as though the Lord is examining each and every one of us. I believe that the Lord does examine each and every one of us. And it's a very thorough examination. There are things that, <clears throat> you know, doctors, and no offense to them, they're, they're uh, I thank God for them. But there are things that they're not able to find, not able to see. There are times when doctors will say, well, I hope we got it all, or I think we got it all. And they say that not because just of, uh, legal things or malpractice things, but that's the best they can do. But the reality is, is here, this is a very, a most thorough examination. And you read these words and how that the psalmist speaks of it, and you'll notice there in verse 1 that this is in a past tense. It's already taken place. It's already been done. 
You're not asking for it. He didn't ask him to do it. You didn't ask him to do it. I didn't ask him to do it. Psalmist David didn't ask him to do it. He said, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. It's already been done. And it's the same of every person here this morning. So I want to look here, first of all, at this first verse. He searched me and known me. And you can say already with this, it's already been done. It's, it's not voluntarily. It's an involuntary search. You do not have a Fourth Amendment right with God. You know what we say in, in today in, this, in our, our Constitution, you know, we have this Fourth Amendment right to an un, un, uh, uh, unlawful search and, and seizure. You, do, you have to have probable cause to search somebody. <laughs> There's no Fourth Amendment right with God, is there? It's been done. Thou hast searched. And it might as well read, O oh Lord, Thou hast known me. It's already taken place. And this word, known me, it's an experimental, intimate knowledge of you. In fact, uh, just to give you the concept of it, it's the same word that's used in Genesis when it says, and Adam knew Eve. And we all know what that means. That's the language of how they had sexual intercourse. That's that intimate knowledge of one another. So God has a very intimate, personal knowledge with you. One that nobody else has. This is a very different searching and a very different knowledge that nobody else has. In fact, not even your spouse knows. I'd like you to look, if you'll turn over to Psalm number 11. Psalm number 11. And let's just examine here this searching. I've done searches. I, I've uh, worked in law enforcement. I've been a patrolman. I've also uh, done searches. I, I've worked as a jailer, worked in a jail, and I've done searches. I've done searches of automobiles, and I've taken automobiles apart looking for things. There are a lot of places you can hide things in an automobile. There's a lot of places in a jail cell you can hide things. a lot of places in the human body you can hide things. In Psalm number 11 
The Bible tells us here about the Lord's searching. And observe what he says in verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyes take notice. There he is. The Bible tells us in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. He's in heaven. And his eyes are beholding, beholding his eyelids try or test the children of men. Verse 5, the Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Look over in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. And we'll read verse 7. Here we find what the Lord is searching, how his searching differs from what we search for. So often, the Bible tells us that we liken God to be just like us. We think He's like us. We think that the way God does things is like we do. It's not so. He's not like us. And Scripture is very clear on that. Time and time again. We could make a chart. That'd be good to do. Make a chart of here's what man does, here's what God does, and how opposite they are. And in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7, and here you know, here's the occasion. Let me, let me just remind you what the occasion is. God's rejected Saul as king. And here come all the sons of Jesse and Samuel. He's a prophet of God. You'd think Sam, he was a great prophet. No, no fault to Samuel. I'm not knocking him because he was a far better prophet than I am a pastor. And Samuel, he goes, oh, here it is. This is surely this son of Jesse here. This is the next king. And notice if you would, let's just back up and... And notice if you would, verse 6, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said, verse 7, The Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh not as, or excuse me, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So when God is searching, and when God is knowing me, what's He looking at? He's looking on my heart, isn't He? Yeah. See, you can fool people outwardly, can't you? But you can't fool God. You can't fool God, can you? 
God made a, a searching of some things. Brother Crowder read it in Genesis chapter 6. Let's read it again. I'm convinced, based on the authority of the Word of God, that things have not changed at all since Genesis 6 and verse 5, as far as this goes. But Genesis 6 and verse 5, we'll read it again. God did some searching back, back then during this day. And it says, and God saw. Well, that's the result of looking. And God is consistent. Look, look what God searched. Again, look what he searched. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his what? Heart. So what was he searching? The heart. Of his heart was only evil continually. Do you know the extent of this evil? Look verse the next verse. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. That's pretty rough, isn't it? Man is so wicked that every thought and intent of his heart is only evil continually. God searched them out. Do you know the Bible never says any differently about man outside of Christ? Never says any differently. Look over, if you would, in Jeremiah 17. Verse 9 and 10. Jeremiah 17. Again, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know who can know it? The Lord, because He searches the heart. You might say, well, well, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't agree with that. I've searched the heart. Guess what the Bible says? It's deceitful above all things. So you've been deceived by it. God, he's not deceived, is he? He says, I, the Lord, search the heart. There it is again. He searches it. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Look over, if you would, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 and verse 13.
Again, a very thorough examination. The Bible gives us this in Hebrews 4 verse 13. You see, you're being examined. And you've been examined. Everybody here has been examined. You've been examined by doctors. The day you came out of the womb, you got examined. Well, maybe not all of you. Some of you are a little old for that. But you've been examined by now, by a doctor. But I want you to notice what the Bible says here. It says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You know what it is to be naked? There's no, nothing to hide. There's no adjustments to be made. This is it. This is who you are. You're exposed. What's the first thing that Adam and Eve did when they sinned? They tried to cover it up, didn't they? And the Bible says you can't cover it up. God sees it all. If you look back in our text of the 139th Psalm, the Bible puts it in this fashion, a little further on down than what we read. In verse 11, again, everything is naked before Him. It's just simply saying there's nothing that can hide from Him. There's nothing that can cover it up. Isn't that what people try to do? They try to cover things up. They try to conceal blemishes. I mean, there's a makeup for ladies that's called concealer. And you know, you have all sorts of things that uh, we do and have and we, we try to just do all sorts of things, don't we? Just to, you know, oh, I'll do this or do that. Just to make yourself look better, right? Or you try to do things to to put your best foot forward, right? Well, the Bible again reiterates to us that there's no best foot forward with God. Things are as they are with Him. And the Scripture tells us here, verse 11, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. I know some of you don't see real well at night. 
God sees just fine. Verse 12, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? The scriptures declare unto us that this is what He searches. He searches your heart. And it even tells us what He finds. What's He find when He searches out your heart? He finds sin, doesn't He? Look over in Psalm number 14. Psalm number 14, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, you say, well, I, I, I didn't say that. No, but do you live like it? Do you live like there's no God? Because there's a lot of people who... who Live like there isn't a God. Because the Bible says in Luke 6.46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? See, if He's Lord, if He's God, then you ought to do what He says. And this book is what He says. We heard from John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And one of his commandments is what? We're supposed to love him with all our souls, with all our body, with all our mind, all our spirit. Right? So, you can say, well, I've never said that there is no God, but your heart produces actions that say there is no God. How's your Bible look? How's your prayer life? How worn out is this book? Your knees look like camel knees yet from being on your knees from praying? You understand? This is this is what we're saying is that God is saying to us, I've searched your heart, but your heart is empty. As far it's saying, there is no God. 
He said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, they are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none that doeth good. There is none that doeth good. God's testimony is that there is none that doeth good. Wait a minute, I, I think I'm a pretty good person. Oh, so now we're calling God a liar. Okay. Right? Because God said there is none that doeth good, but we think we're a pretty good person. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They're all gone aside. They're all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord. There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is in his refuge. Oh that, oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, when the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. So what's God find when he searches our hearts? He finds sin, doesn't he? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, he says. He has searched me and he has known me. The psalmist said, that as he comes down in these verses in the 139th Psalm, he comes to verse 6 and he says that such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Look over, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And I want to read something to you here. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. God knows your thoughts. He knows the wicked, criminal, sin, lustful, Sensual and non-sensual, perverse, corrupt, vile, ungodly, sinister, murderous thoughts that we have.
He knows the very hatred that is in our hearts. Someone says, oh, I don't have that. Listen, I got five kids. I've seen it. And every one of them at a very young age. I doubt very much that there isn't anybody here who hasn't had it. Amen. Especially if you had a sibling. Especially if you had anybody ever tell you no. But I want you to look here in Matthew chapter 7. In verse 21. Matthew 7 and verse 21. After you've been thoroughly examined, searched, and God knows you, The Bible says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not preached in thy name? Have we not gone to this country and that country have we not evangelized and witnessed that's what he's saying we might even say have we given to this mission work and that mission work and in thy name have cast out demons and in thy name done many wonderful works Verse 23, And then I will profess unto you, or unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Do you see what these said unto him? And verse 22, Lord, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not? They said unto him, Lord, Look what we did. Now, if the Lord has searched your heart, which He has, because again, it's past tense, and your first instinct is, yeah, but, look at all the things I've done. You're lost, you're dead, and trespasses it in sense. And you have no hope. And the wrath of God abideth on you right now and you are in condemnation. Doesn't matter what religious works you've done. What church you go to, what church you don't go to, where your membership's at, what good works you do, what you write off on your taxes, how much tithe you give, how, what, you know, what, it doesn't matter because you're lost. 
Because you're trusting in you and what you have done. Your works are not going to save you. That's what they said. As soon as it happened, not everyone they saved unto me, Lord, Lord. And they turned and they said, Lord, but we've done this. And he said, I don't even know you. He said, He that doeth the will of my Father. What is the will of the Father? John chapter 6 and verse 29. This is what God's will is. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Who did he send? Jesus Christ. What's his will? That you prophesy in his name? Nope. That you join a church? Nope. That you get baptized? Nope. That you would... Take the Lord's Supper? Nope. That you believe on His name. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Isn't that what the Scriptures say? Over and over and over and over and over again. Isn't that what the type of every Old Testament sacrifice, every Old Testament type is a picture of? The Lord Jesus Christ. I mean the very boards of the Old Testament tabernacle were a picture of Jesus Christ. Everything points to Him. Even the rings on the curtains were a picture of Him. Everything points to Him. God searches you out and, and what He finds, such knowledge is too wonderful. You ought to be overwhelmed with your sins. I was. Worked and worked and worked and worked. God, isn't this good enough? Isn't this good enough? You know what it was? Filthy rags. Filthy rags. Filthy rags. That's all it was. What did we read there? Every creature is naked before his eyes. And what did he say? You must be born again. 
You must be a new creation in Christ Jesus. How are you born again? By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that what he told Nicodemus? As he kept on talking to Nicodemus about the the water and the, and the, uh, the spirit, and the water was signifying of the word of God. And he continued. And he talked about the 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 serpent on the pole being high and lifted up. He said, you got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll be overwhelmed with your sins. I've never known anybody to look to Jesus except they were first overwhelmed with their sins. Never. I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, shows to you your true, pitiful condition. Shows you, you down in the pit in the miry clay, unable to escape. Shows you yourself in the eyes of an angry God because he's angry with the wicked every day. He whom you've sinned against and yet he who you must cry out and beg for mercy. It's amazing to me the one who searches you, the one that you've sinned against is the same one who gave his only begotten son. What an amazing thing. And when you come to that, when you come to him, that'll be an amazing thing. You'll rejoice as the psalmist did. If you're here without Christ, would you come to Him today? And you know, when you come to Christ, you'll be so glad that He gave such a thorough examination because now, now every bit, every bit of sin, He'll get all of it. He'll redeem you out of the slave market of sin. And now, when Satan makes accusation against you, your adversary Christ will say, No, I paid for it all. There will be no fault found in you. You're 100% justified. That's a rejoicing thing because he saw you as naked, he searched you thoroughly, and he found every bit of it. 
before you were saved, those were trembling thoughts. But when God saves you, it's a rejoicing thought. Because now he, he discovered it all and he took it all away. And he cast every bit of it behind his back in the depths of the sea. As far as the east is from the west, he paid for every sin. And as the great physician, he took care of it all, didn't he? With a surgeon's knife, he removed every bit. Oh, what a Savior. While we stand, if the song leader and pianist is able to come, we want to sing a verse of invitation. If the Lord has spoken unto you, for whatever reason, we invite you to come. Turn to page 62 in your hymnal. Yes, I am. We're going to sing two verses. Page 62. Just as I am without one plea, but then thy blood was shed for me. treasurer's report and uh, uh, I think we got a mission report and then we will uh, begin the business meeting. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father we come before thy throne of grace. We thank you Lord again for the day for the message. We thank you for the message from Brother Crowder. We pray Lord that you would uh, help us to Take it with us. May it find lodgment in our hearts that we would not sin against you. Help us to present ourselves as a, as a living sacrifice unto you, Lord. I thank you for that special in him that was saying. Lord, it, it, uh, you just keep reminding me of that which you've laid on our hearts. And I pray that you would help us to do as we need to do. And to do what you've called us to do. It certainly is the need of the hour of the day. Pray, Lord, for uh, each one as we have appointments, business, 
uh, personal things that need to be taken care of this week, those who are traveling, that you give grace and strength, mercy. Pray for the children with their schooling, that you would help them to learn that which is needed. Guard their hearts and minds from the evil that's out there. And above all, that you might save the lost and add them to your work. Lord, that your spirit would uh, prick hearts and uh, that he might take them captive and draw them unto Christ and bring them unto salvation. We pray, Lord, for each one again, that you might bring uh, those who are away home, bring each one back to the house of the Lord as uh, is needed. We certainly miss those who are not here. Forgive us of our sins again, Lord. Help in the business meeting that we do thy work. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Enjoy the songs.